Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We just had Jerry Jones on the show. We'll be getting into the audio a bit later, but... What, is Des Bryant tweeting about our Jerry interview? What is going on? Well, Des Bryant is tweeting about Jane Slater that's tweeting about our Jerry interview. Shout out to Jane. Ben Rogers vindicated. Jane says, and she's quoting Jerry, you enter a different world when you don't honor your agreements. Which, by the way, that's about as strong a statement as you can make. Yes. That is pulling it out and going, all right, everybody, let's talk about this. Right, because what is he supposed to do? Well, here's what's fascinating about this. You enter a different world when you don't honor your agreements. Jerry Jones talking about Zeke, the holdout, and the contract he currently has in place on 105.3 The Fan on the Ben and Skin Show. Des Bryant, less than two minutes ago, retweeted that and said, Zeke, great for you. 15 years, 20 years from now, you're going to thank yourself. Being 100% committed to something and not getting that same commitment back will break you down. Oh. Stand your ground. I wish I would have done a lot of things different. Now, this is an amazing tweet for a lot of different reasons. But one, Dez is talking about 15 years, 20 years down the road. He's not even 15 years, 20 years down the road. He's feeling that pain immediately. And this goes back to the conversation that we had yesterday or the last couple days. Did did the Cowboys do uh, Dez wrong contractually? No, they, they paid him the amount of guaranteed money that they said they were going to pay him. Did they do him wrong and as to when they cut him? Yes. I think we all agree with that, right? The Cowboys yeah. yanked Des around. How about Romo? Yeah. How about Same when, you're, thing. when you're Tony Romo and you're playing with a punctured lung and right. you'd, you'd give anything you could to help this team, and then the minute there's an opportunity to go, go with Tony somebody Romo. younger, a, a younger model, you're cut, you're out on the streets. and Because of the salary cap and because of, the, of all of those things, Ben. And so what I'm saying is, is they will spit you up and chew you out. It's the inevitability of the sport. It happens or, to almost everyone. There's there. Or chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said the opposite. Oh, Chew uh, you out and spit you up. Oh, that would be even gross. <laughs> even grosser. But, but the whole point is very few guys. That too. Very few guys, like there's a Tom Brady, or very few guys go out on their own terms, a Drew Brees or somebody like that. But, the, but Des got all his guaranteed money. He got all of his guaranteed yeah. money. If you don't What's, like it, go do something else. Well, no, what I'm saying is the problem is it's with what the agents tell these guys. Yeah. And that's why we have to talk about these things in terms of guaranteed money. Dez felt like the Cowboys did not honor their commitment. They absolutely honored their but commitment. They honored the guaranteed money. That's, that's what the contract is. That's the only commitment. Yes. That's it. But also there's this idea of team that's romanticized, and it's romanticized with fan bases. It's romanticized with the team selling that vision. Yeah. Hey, we're going to go on and do this this and this but really it is a cutthroat business yeah and you're risking your, your life you're risking your health you're risking your ability to walk as an adult later on and you've got to fight for every penny you can get right now too and i mean 
Cowboys fans are getting a hardcore lesson in all this right now of what that this is a business. And so that's why, you know, and I, I do stand behind this. If the Cowboys are giving Zeke a joke of a guaranteed offer, I get it, man. Sure. But I really think if if Zeke wants to go down that road, he needs to be willing to just – I don't think it is to his advantage to just come play eight games. I think it's to his advantage to go, all right, you guys play a year without me, and then more than likely you'll trade me next year. Hey, I, I blame the agent here. Yeah, I, I blame the agent. Now, again, it goes on Zeke's tab because he hired that agent. He didn't have to. But I've talked to other agents in the NFL who said this deal should have been the easiest deal to get done of any of them. Right. This takes two days to get this deal done. Bada bing, bada boom, you move on down the road. And again, you are coming two years out. You have to, you have to realize that. Right. You're not a free agent right now. And so I think Zeke's getting bad advice. I think the best thing he could do is fire his agent. This Marshall Falk uh, show that's come along with Rocky Arsenal has been a disgrace. Out there talking about Jalen Smith's money, saying Dak's going to be a bum. That's a bad look for Zeke. This has all gone bad for Zeke, and it didn't have to. I think he's being told bad advice uh, by his agent, and I think this is going down a bad path because of his agent. Okay, and but again, I would ask this. What is your goal? Because we don't know what Zeke's goal is. Is your goal to get fair amount of money for what you're doing, or is your goal to break every record well, and what, reset the market? Well, what is Dak's goal? What is Amari's goal? You know, we were told by a national writer that they have a pact with one another, and so really, this is no different than Dak's agency coming in and asking for 40, except Dak's here. Okay, that's what I was going to say. It is different, Ben, because they're here honoring their contract. Yeah. And that's what Jerry said. But they're also at positions that aren't as, you know, they're not getting squeezed as hard, especially the quarterback position. I agree. But, the, but you know, the, all, these things are, all these things change based on the landscape. Dak is the single most valuable contract in the NFL, his rookie contract. Nobody is playing to the level that Dak is playing for that least amount of money. Yeah. And so it would be very easy for him to go, oh, you guys aren't going to pay me? Well, crap, man, I can't risk injury, so I'm going to hold out too. And so this is where it gets really complicated. Running backs get screwed. They absolutely get screwed in this deal. But it's not the team screwing them. It's the system that the Players Association agreed to. And if they've given him a decent offer that's a lot better, like way better than – or uh, it's in the top three or whatever. Right. I mean, here's the the facts of it is is that when Zeke was drafted at the fourth pick in 2016, he sat down and signed his rookie contract. Yes. He should have held out then then. All right? Like like the facts is he signed that deal, and that's what Jerry's saying. They they have no reason – the Cowboys have no reason to soften their stance unless things get real crappy at the beginning of the year. It it doesn't sound like there's a soul in that organization – who thinks that they're not going to be okay without Zeke? Did you did you guys see that tweet yesterday? I think it was is his name Joey X or Joey Ikes? Okay, so he was printing out since the time that Zeke was drafted, the highest paid uh, amount for those for different positions. What has gone up the highest increment? And it's running backs. The top level running backs from the time Zeke was drafted has risen seventy five percent. That's higher than any other position. But the reason is because there's only four of those guys worth paying. Right. He's an outlier. He's an outlier. But I I want to go back to something KT said. He said there's not a single person in that building who's worried about life without Zeke, essentially. Right now. But they are prepared to make him the highest paid running back in the history of the world. So I would say there's there's a juxtaposition here of things, uh, and, and they contradict each other. There's one idea that, hey, you don't need Zeke. Okay, the running back position has been devalued. You don't need him. The other side of it is, hey, let's make Zeke the highest paid running back in the history of ever. And so you don't do that unless you do need Zeke. Well, here's what I would ask you then, Ben. 
is what's the truth there? Because if the truth is that they're offering him the highest paid money and he's not taking it, then Zeke is being an unreasonable human. He's being, and quite frankly, it's crazy. So then you go, well, what are your goals? My goals are to levitate above the planet and tell everyone they're beneath me. Like, you're not going to take the highest amount at your position in the league. You're going to set the whole thing on its ear. That's a very hard person to negotiate with. Sure, but I, again, it's like he, Zeke's not negotiating. Does Zeke strike you as being a guy that'd be great to negotiate a contract? Zeke has an agent. His agent sets an expectation and tells him this, this, this. Right. Steven set an expectation. He said, hey, you start at the Gurley deal and go on from there. The expectation was set that he was going to get more than Gurley. What we've heard out there is that he's not getting more than Gurley. He's getting almost what Gurley got. Mm -hmm. We don't know what that means. Right. But so they, the expectation uh, of what Zeke has in his mind from what Rocky Arsenault said and from what Stephen Jones said has not been met. And you're talking about a guy who doesn't negotiate contracts all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, and he's isolated. The only people he's talking to are Rocky Arsenault and Marshall Falk. Right. And, and so if you look at it from that standpoint, what Jerry was saying about showing these players the vision, mm -hmm. you get, if you only get one message, you know, and you don't see the whole field and you don't see everything that's involved here, then it puts you in this position where you can make some really bad decisions. The idea is to get, for, for anyone in any negotiation or any or disagreement, can you get as much information on both perspectives and then make some sort of a reasonable decision? I would say that's what Jalen Smith did. Jalen Smith made a reasonable decision, but Jalen Smith is willing to see all of it. You know, if you want to see one thing, and the one thing you want to see is you're the best ever and you need more than anybody's ever gotten, and that's your sole position, that's a tough place for really both sides to be in, especially for a position that is getting squeezed. And so when Jerry says, hey, that's what he wants, that's great, we're going to play without him, and we know the way this thing is structured, he's coming back because only a fool would not come back. Right. But then what, how, what do you take, make, make of his answer when I asked him, okay, so when he does come back, what, is, what assurance is there that he's going to show up and be full-power Zeke with a great attitude, ready to carry the team? Hey, I'm here. I lost in every way. I've missed half the season, but I'm in a great mood. Let's go. Let me carry the team like I always do. Yeah, I think what he's saying, or I think maybe the way he perceived your question would be, all right, once the guy gets here, is he going to just not give full effort? And his answer to that is, well, that's the case with anybody not honoring a contract. We pay you a contract to give full effort. If you don't give full effort, we can't control that. If your position is going to be you're not going to honor the commitments of your contract, that's the case with anybody, with any contract. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do think this, though. I think Zeke is a, a football player and loves all that stuff about football, and I think the second he puts a uniform on, no matter how unhappy he is, he's going to run through somebody. If they don't – I'm not convinced of that. If they don't want Zeke – and Zeke's going to be disgruntled, and Zeke's not going to get – and, and if Pollard looks great and they start off great without Zeke, would they consider trading him, and what could they get for Zeke if they did decide Ooh, to I'd trade? love to hear what KT like a thinks. two, probably. I bet you could still get a two for Zeke. If I do that, though, I mean, we were going to talk a little bit. We got too much Cowboys to get to, but we were going to talk about a little bit about the craziness of, all right, we'll take Jadavion Clowney and a first-round pick for Tunsil, that that's the Dolphins' position according to reports. If you, if you start getting into that world, I at least need another decent running back body coming back my way. Well, it's trimmed up, it's trimmed up into how many teams in the NFL are willing to pay a, 
a premier running back that money. So, hey, I could probably eliminate half the teams in the league just like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have a few, you know, just a few bidders who's willing to give up a two, who's willing to give up a three. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to. But, I again, we get back to this, and we're spec speculating, and we are. Who is willing to go, oh, yeah, I'll, t I'll take on the most unreasonable negotiation of all time. Yeah, send it that way. Here's a high pick for it. He needs a new agent. He needs to fire his agent, get a new agent in there, get this deal done. This is a bad look for Zeke. And I, I think most people, like when Roy tweeted out that thing, who do you blame? I think most people blame Zeke at this point, right? I think they do, too. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Ben. I think there's a lot of uh, good Tolos and fan listeners that are all player all the time. It's a bit, It's up for debate, man. I think this it's up is, for this debate. is a common debate in the football world right now, too. Yeah. But I think the one thing that really stands out to me, and at least, look, I get the feeling that probably we're going to get Zeke in town sometime soon, and they're going to negotiate and work it out, right? right it's right. going to be fine. Right. But there's a couple things, and it's probably just Jerry playing hardball. Okay, which he has to do at this point in the negotiation. Mm -hmm. But little things like we've had Zeke for three years and we still haven't won it. Little things like that really go, you know what? We don't have to do this, buddy. Right. We don't have to have you. We want you. Right. We want you, but we don't need you. And I think that's a big difference. I think there's probably, you know, they want, they feel like they're a better team with him. There's no doubt about that. But like, why cave now, dude? Go 3 0. Get what, off to a good start. I, I don't need they, to go knocking down Zeke's door until you're one and five or whatever. What if they went three and zero? Oh, and we all know the schedule is going to change. It's going to get really tough. But what if they went three and zero oh and then agreed to long term deals with Dak and Amari Cooper after they were three and zero? Oh. oh my God! I'd do it, dude. They, once uh, the first three games are easy, the Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins all suck. Then it gets hard. You're at the Saints. You got the Packers. You are at the Jets for another bye week, and then. You have the Eagles at home. Three of those four games, weeks four, five, six, and seven, are really tough, and then you're at the bye week in week eight. Man, what? if they, the Cowboys, if they but don't. Then, by then, Carson Wentz is hurt, so you're in a great position to win the division. If they don't take care of business in these first three cakewalk games, Zeke's got leverage. If they do what they probably are going to do and steamroll all three of those trash teams, what is Zeke's position there? Now he's screwed. He's missed out on three games. The Cowboys are rolling with Adam. Tony Pollard's going to look fantastic, and now what? Yeah, and, and, and I want to throw one more thing out there, guys, as we're talking about all this, and I think Jerry sort of implied this in his answer. Okay, if Zeke just shows up for the final eight games and pretends to be hurt, well, keep in mind, he's already passed that date from training camp. Sure. Okay. They can go to an, arbit an arbitrator, and the arbitrator can go, oh, no, 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 he was here. You can, but during, the, during that, well, what I'm saying is during that arbitration, hey, he mailed in an injury here. Are you going to give him credit for that? I mean, that's what happens during an arbitration. Both sides lay all the information out, and an independent person outside of the league decides what's fair and what's How not. How can you prove if a guy's injured or not injured, you know? Even if you lose it, too, you just say, you know what, you didn't come to camp, and we were allowed to fine you $40,000 a day, so yeah. you owe us $2.5 million dollars right you, now. Like, start, it just doesn't... You, <laughs> you start going down this road, and it gets nastier and nastier and nastier, and that's what Marshall Falk's comments are taking this into, a nasty area mm -hmm. now you start accumulating fines and dude that guy's not ever coming back here with a great attitude to go all out for your team so you got to decide okay can we win without zeke and that's where the rubber meets the road on this clearly people in the building think they need zeke to win it all because they're willing to make him one of the highest paid running backs in the history of the game but obviously the way you know if the offense changes if Dak's ready to take that next step if tony pollard's legit 
Maybe you don't. I lean towards you need Zeke to win it all, and you need Zeke to win it all this year, mm-hmm. and you are a Super Bowl team. So get it done. Get him in camp. And I would assume that, uh, you know, if you paid him $1 more than Gurley, then it's a done deal, and I don't have a problem doing that. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now, courtesy of the BuyerSafety.com hotline. Oh, a phone is ringing. 105.3, the phone. I know when I Whenever we talk to Mickey Spagnola, our friends at Ford, the best in Texas, step up and make it happen. And it's happening right now. How we doing on this fine Friday, Mick? Should I have brought my lunch in with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go from breakfast to lunch, right? Just shoving eggs in your mouth as we uh, Did you did you get to hear any of the Jerry? I, I did. Really as a matter of fact, no, it was funny. We we were finishing our podcast, so I was listening to the to the the recording of it, right? And so I'm sitting at my desk and I'm going, Okay, I've got I've got about another eight minutes here because uh, he, they're not done with Jerry and it's like, Oh no, they're done with him. You're listening to a recording, idiot. Go downstairs. <laughs> I lulled myself in a self sense, a false sense of security. What uh, did anything Jerry say? Anything that he said with us stand out to you the most as being okay? Wow, interesting. You know the the part when he said Zeke's an outstanding player. He said uh, no one believes without one player that it's terminal as far as us having a great year. Uh, and, and I thought that was interesting the way he portrayed it as you know okay if. If you have a great player that's injured and you lose him for the year, that doesn't mean you have to give up what your goals are. And, and so I, I think that was, um, you know, meaningful. And then he sort of reiterated what he said last night about we've got to prepare uh, as if uh, we're not going to have them. Uh, and what he means by that is, you know, they got to cut the roster today. And they can't cut the roster assuming on Tuesday Zeke's going to be there. Uh, and they can't start preparation for the Giants uh, on Monday and Wednesday, assuming Zeke's going to be there. You know, they got to go forward as is now. And, you know, if he shows up, okay, fine, now we'll adjust. But uh, I, I, you can't make any, you know, false assumptions like that, and you get yourself in trouble. You know, I, I want to kind of comment on this, and I'm looking down. Ed Werder's got a pretty interesting tweet where he says, the only real leverage Zeke has ever possessed is missing regular season games. Now that it appears he's about to use it, Jerry Jones's rhetoric has become more aggressive. And I think that that's real interesting phrasing because it gets to what we were just talking about, Mick. Like, w- one of the things that's always impressed me about the New England Patriots and the San Antonio Spurs is they never talk about injuries. It's next guy up, and it's right. one thing to kind of like have that visualization and go with that mentality, but we all know that in all these leagues, stars tend to win these games. So Zeke is a star. Jerry is saying what he's saying, and, you're, and, and here's Ed using the term rhetoric. In your opinion, can the Cowboys really be the, win a Super Bowl without Zeke, or does he need to be a part of this? Thing? No, I, th- I mean, I, don't, I think they believe he needs to be a part of it. Uh, but I think they're saying the reality is you just don't throw up your hands and say, okay, we can't do this. Uh, so 
I think that's that's what he's trying to point out. I don't think he's trying to minimize uh, whatsoever uh, Zeke's importance to this team. Uh, he's a rare running back. That's why you took him in the fourth round. That's why you're willing to sit here and say, okay, you know, we'll – We'll, we'll work on your contract two years or three years before we need to because we think you're that good. Uh, otherwise, they, they would have just shut this down and said, no, we're not doing this. I mean, they want to do it, but they want to do it within reason. And, and so, uh, but, but having said that, and this not getting done doesn't mean that, okay, fine, we'll just go on without you. We don't care about this. No, they care, and they would like to get it done. Uh, but again, as I said, within the parameters of how they want to manage their salary cap. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're sitting there trying to be bold and go, okay, fine, just go ahead and miss the whole season. We don't care. I think they care, uh, but I think there's a line where they got to draw when it comes to uh, allocating salary cap money to one person. So, Mickey, Marshall Falk has inserted himself into all this with some hot opinions about Jalen Smith's contract, about Dak being a bum if they pay him 35 without Zeke, and paraphrasing on some of that. But uh, he also is the guy who's going to work out with Zeke and work Zeke out. And in addition to which, he is best friends with Zeke's agent. And some people say that he has actually sat down for the agent's exam and, and is a partner in that agency. And so I'm just curious, hypothetically, uh, there's some gray area there. Does it change your opinion about what Marshall Falk's saying if he's a media guy just throwing out hot opinions or if he's actually a part of Zeke's agency? Does it change how you feel either way? No, because when he was a media guy, if you listen to the things he said about the Cowboys, they weren't uh, unbiased opinions. He was always very critical of the Cowboys no matter if they were good or bad. Uh, so I always thought that he wasn't very objective ever. Uh, after he became an analyst after playing so to me whatever he says just kind of rolls off the uh, rolls off my shoulder because I, I I just think that that's the way he is for some reason he's got it in for the Cowboys he always have if you go back and do your research on him uh, that's the way it's been so to me this is nothing new and he's just at this point to me being a mouthpiece for his agent. But do you think it rolls off the backs of his teammates when Jalen Smith hears him saying that or Dak hears that? Do you think it bothers them that the mouthpiece for Team Zeke is saying that? Well, it, it, that depends on what their opinion is of Marshall Falk. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, here's what happens a lot of times when former athletes speak up. We think that's the gospel, like they're always right. Well, no, it's just their opinion. It's no different than yours and mine, right? Uh, you would think it's a little bit more informed since they, they play the game, but that's not always the case. And that's sometimes the downside of thinking, okay, we got to have former athletes be analysts because they know. Well, sometimes they don't know, and they don't know as much as we think they should. Yeah. Uh, so I think from a player standpoint, I, I don't think they look at that stuff. It's just like some of them might not even know about it. Uh, so, you know, like when you ask Jerry, it's like, I don't think he was keeping up with Marshall Falk. <laughs> no, but he did have delicious eggs. In his <laughs> hey, are, are we worried about Connor McGovern? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, what Jerry said about uh, him ending up on some form of IR is probably accurate. Um, he did have a setback, and those pec things are pretty serious deals, uh, especially if you end up tearing it. Now, his was supposedly a strain. Uh, he came back and, you know, had been working out, uh, doing some one-on-one -on -one stuff. 
then kind of moved in the practice and appear that he uh, aggravated again and maybe it was to the point where I don't know if they need to uh, and I haven't heard that they need to do surgery but if they aggravated again maybe they're thinking he needs a lot more rest than than normal uh, so one of the things you you can do if you can manipulate your 53-man roster is you keep them on for a day and then you put them on injured reserve and that allows him to be recalled uh, after the eight weeks and so you wouldn't say okay you're forfeiting your your freshman year uh, you're a red shirt uh, you can come back and and if you, there's room for you on the roster uh, you either can be activated again or at least you can practice and you can stretch that thing out uh, for about four or six weeks before you have to make a decision he's either on the 53 or remains on IR for the rest of the year so I think their hope would be let, let's not just throw away the whole rookie season maybe we can get them back and at least get them to practice for four or six weeks before we have to make a decision on them hey mickey thank you so much man really enjoy your weekend and we'll catch up with you next week okay sounds good all right there he goes the great mickey spagnol joining us now on the Benin skin show it is former agent joel Corey. uh he's an nfl contracts and salary cap expert and writer and uh, you can check him out on cbs sports a real pleasure to have him on how you doing today joel Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're great, man. Uh, we had Jerry on the show earlier. We are knee-deep in, in talking about all this Ezekiel Elliott stuff, and you wrote a fantastic article uh, on CBS Sports, and I feel like you have an extremely unique perspective since you are a former agent. So I tweeted that out yesterday, but uh, just reset for us. Where are you and, and where should everyone else be in terms of looking at Ezekiel's uh, contract situation? Well, as far as I'm concerned, Dallas shouldn't get too hung up on whether he becomes the highest-paid running back or not because how that's measured is the most meaningless aspect of the contract, average yearly salary. That would be important if he had a fully guaranteed contract, but Kirk Cousins is the only uh, lucrative veteran contract that is fully guaranteed. So to me, I think the Cowboys should go back to their original position, which to me was surprising that at the Combine, Stephen Jones would concede Todd Gurley's deal would be the starting point. Make him the highest-paid guy, but you don't give him the player-friendly structure of Todd Gurley. You don't have to set the market in the other metrics. Most agents, well, maybe not most, but a majority of agents, look at form over substance. So you give them something where they can sell highest-paid guy or richest contract at a position, then – they're usually okay with it. But the Cowboys could win the battle, as far as I'm concerned, by holding the line in terms of how the guarantees vest, how the cash flow is. And to me, that's my proposal or my suggestion to end the stalemate. All right. So, Joel, I, I have big problems with the way we even talk about these things in the first place because it's, it's also disingenuous. You kind of mentioned the idea of, give the agent something that's not even really substantive for him to pound his chest over. And I feel like that, do, I feel like a lot of these players don't even understand the contracts they're signing from the, the, the standpoint of what they actually get. Like if a guaranteed money is what you're going to get, and as long as the player understands that, they don't walk away from the contract thinking they got screwed over. Do, do, are agents really doing a good enough job conveying to the players what the reality of the contract is, or is it really just a dog and pony show to say I got the highest number for my client? 
Oh, there's some very good agents who do do an excellent job of explaining everything in detail to their players. There's some where they do look at the dog and pony show. But when I say uh, you don't have to set the mark in terms of guarantees, I'm not saying you do it like Colin Kaepernick's deal a few years ago where he had like 13 million fully guaranteed at signing and Tony Romo and Jay Cutler had close to 40. I don't mean anything like that. Right. I mean, you don't get to the girly level, but you're still in the top three in the other categories, but you're not setting the market, which seems to be a concern of Stephen Jones. Um, the thing is that some players basically entrust their agent to do everything, where it's like, I hired you, you tell me what I should sign. There are others, and I prefer to work with these types of guys that want to be involved in the process, want to be informed. There's a fine line between being informed and the guys who would try to micromanage something, which is what Peyton Manning did when the Colts let him go. That can be hindrance in the process, but I really didn't like having the client who was like, tell me when it's done. Right. We're talking to Joel Corey, former agent, current writer for CBS Sports. Awesome article on all this, and you broke down the Gurley deal, the Le'Veon Bell deal, the David Johnson deal, and I was surprised. There were so many moving numbers. There's the signing bonus, the three-year cash flow, the first three years, uh, the average per year, the fully guaranteed, total guarantee. But when you really broke it down, the max value of Gurley's deal is $15 million per year because of salary escalators. The max value of Bell's deal is 15 and some change because of incentives and salary escalators. The max value of Johnson's deal is $15 million per year because – of incentives so seeing that all these deals are really somewhat similar why is this such a difficult negotiation with zeke well it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that difficult negotiation part of the problem is when stephen jones at the combine said Gurley's the starting point you set an expectation with the agent okay this can be an easy negotiation because we think he should be the highest paid guy now as you've walked that back and to me, it's a little curious that they're going to hold the line on making uh, or want to hold the line on Ezekiel Elliott being the highest paid guy when they've done that for their other first round picks that were drafted recently or under the rookie wage scale, the three offensive linemen, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, both of whom got contracts at the same point as Ezekiel Elliott is right now in his contract, and Zach Martin. They made all three of those guys the highest paid at their respective positions. Uh, Ezekiel is comparable in what he does compared to what they do. So I don't know why there's really a big issue, particularly since it's the most meaningless aspect of the contract. He's not going to play out the whole contract the way you're running him into the ground anyway. <laughs> right. So, so then uh, do you have a, a feel about what that guaranteed number is? Are you purely speculating? I know there's stuff out there on the, the rumor mill, but do you have a good feel about what they're doing with the guarantees with Zeke? Well, I would imagine the first two years have to be at least fully guaranteed at signing, meaning 19 and 20, whatever whatever they have in that amount. What they've done in some contracts, like uh, DeMarcus Lawrence's, the third-year guarantee vested to be in the second year. I wouldn't do that with the running back that's had heavy usage because you never know when everything is going to fall off a cliff because Tennessee extended Chris Johnson several years ago after three years. <laughs> he didn't play any of the new years of the extension because everything went south for him. Uh, so I'd have the third-year guarantee vest. It'll be injury-guaranteed at signing. The full guarantee kicks in when that year comes up. Same with any guarantee in the fourth year. Um, you had uh, Zach Martin, deal averages $14 million per year. There's $40 million overall guarantees. Tyron Smith had $40 million overall guarantees on a deal averaging 
million, that's the extension average, then you're going to have to have $40 million in overall guarantees, not fully guaranteed at signing, but overall guarantees at a minimum for Ezekiel Elliott. God, man, this is... It's just crazy that we're getting this in depth into this this contract stuff, but it's the it's the biggest story going for the Cowboys. And we're talking to Joel Corey, former agent, uh, wrote a great piece for CBS Sports uh, about this. And yeah, I'd love to get your perspective on Marshall Falk because uh, you know w- what we understand is Marshall Falk's best friends with Rock, Rocky Arsenault, who is Zeke's agent. Rocky Arsenault was Marshall Falk's agent. Well, since Marshall Falk has kind of left the media business, we were told he sat for the agent's exam and he's partners in this and really good, you know, is is a is a part of the agency for Arsenal. But we don't know that for sure. So we're trying to figure all that out. And then meanwhile, Marshall Falk is going on sports shows talking about how Dak could be a bum after he gets paid. And then he's talking about Jalen Smith's contract. Can't believe they paid him. But he's then going to work out with Zeke in Cabo. So as a former agent, uh, you know, you you wouldn't let something like this happen with Joel Corey's uh, former client and best friend, maybe partner of the agency, being the mouthpiece for your negotiation, I would think. So what do you make of Marshall Falk and all this? I blame the Cowboys for anything coming out from Ezekiel Elliott's side because the Cowboys have diarrhea of the mouth on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so if you want to negotiate in public, expect the other side to say something back in return. Um Personally, I did not like to have public negotiations. I wanted to keep everything private. But once things went public, if there was information out there that needed to be dispelled, I would do it. I I get where Ezekiel Elliott would not be crazy about Jalen Smith getting paid because you didn't have to do it now. Some teams do that where they'll send a message to the holdout by getting somebody done because he was going to be a restricted free agent uh, next year. There was there's no urgency to get the deal done. I remember I think um, Des Bryant I forget who got done, but some of them got done before he did, and he wasn't exactly happy about that. Um, yeah. Maybe it was Tyron Smith. Um, he wasn't that because he had he he had only played three years, so that's kind of a natural tendency uh, sometimes that if you think you should be someplace in the totem pole, if someone else leapfrogs you, then um, yeah, you you might be a little upset. The Rams did it last year. Todd Gurley got done while Aaron Donald was holding out. And to me, you didn't have to do Todd Gurley either because the market was not even $8.5 million last year, and they just totally reset it. And that's, okay. well, that's a me, bigger hold, problem than anything else, that deal. But let me ask you, Joel, hold on. Zeke is under contract for two more years, so why does he step up ahead of Jalen, for example? He's just holding out on his contract. Yeah, you've established the precedent that you're going to do first-round picks with two years left on their contract. So you can't say, well – we don't have to do you. You did it for Tyron Smith. You did it for Travis Frederick. If you hadn't done those, then I would buy that a little bit more. But when you have someone who's, a, who's going to be a restricted free agent, you could have tendered him about $4.5 million next year. Then he would have been a UFA or you put a tag on him the following year. So he's a little bit different to me because – he technically he is in a contract year in one respect because it is a sports unit contract expiring, but he wasn't going to hit unrestricted free agency, and you can, you could control his rights again next year. Yeah, okay, that's a great answer. Joel Corey joining us on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3. The fan, I want to also, do, do you perceive the, uh, I love the phrase diarrhea of the mouth, <laughs> do you perceive that being when it, it got out that the Cowboys had offered a deal to make him one of the top three highest-paid running backs in football? Or what, were, what was the thing in your perception that got out there about Zeke that was the Cowboys putting it out there? 
most of it because <laughs> I don't think Ezekiel Elliott's side is going to be championing, hey, they offered to make him the second highest paid guy because he wants to be the highest paid guy. That's, the, that's something the team would put out to try to garner support for where their offer is. And in, in most holdout situations, the public is going to back the team anyway because they think a player who's turning down lucrative money, particularly in a, in a holdout situation, is being greedy. And if they were in his shoes, since they view it as a game, not a job, they would think, okay, I would take, I'd take that type of offer. But when you're in those situations, you want to get what you feel is your market value. So, but but it's, a, it's a move that teams typically do when they're trying to garner public support for their position. We're talking to former agent Joel Corey, currently writer for CBS Sports. I just retweeted the article you wrote. I think it's fantastic. And before we move on, we want to ask you a question about Dak. But before we move on, how do you, with all your expertise and experience, see this playing out from this point between Zeke and the Cowboys? Well, today's pessimism can become tomorrow's optimism because, as Stephen Jones said, things can change in a hurry. Um, somebody's got to blink at some point. On this thing, I didn't think there was a realistic chance that Ezekiel Elliott would miss any regular season games, but um, that wouldn't surprise me now. Uh, the thing is, the schedule set up for the Cowboys to go three and zero. If you lose any of those first three games because they're bad teams you're playing, I know two are division rivals. That's going to help Ezekiel Elliott. It doesn't necessarily hurt him if you go three and zero because you're supposed to go three and zero against bad teams. Now, the interesting thing to me is. You're going to get a better barometer if he sits out the first three games of what Dak Prescott is. Last year, season finale, no Dak, no Ezekiel Elliott. Dak was great. So if Dak plays like he did in the Giants game last year, the first three games, that only helps his cause. If the offense sputters and Dak doesn't look good, then maybe the second thoughts is about the money he's asking for and whether he really should be getting top dollar as a quarterback. That's great stuff. Joel, we appreciate your time. You're always a great guest. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me. Definitely go to uh, Ben's Twitter account, at Ben Rogers, and check out the article that he wrote that we were just talking about. It's really good stuff. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.